Welcome to Attention to Detail, the classical music listening guide, where we give you the tools to understand, appreciate, and enjoy listening to classical music. Hey, welcome back to Attention to Detail. It's Hannah. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Hannah. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Yeah. Another busy week here at the ISO. Yeah, big week. We're going into our uh, school kids concert, Discovery, and you are conducting. Yeah. I hope you know that you're conducting. <laughs> you know that you're conducting. I do know yeah. I'm conducting. I'm also uh, semi-acting, so. Heavy script. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a, it draws on all of my skills this mm. week, so. Not that I have a lot of skills necessarily, but Not I have true. to put the few that I have to work this week. Yeah, so. we're putting you to work. So something that's less work, yeah, more fun. Yeah. What Today is that? on the pod, we're continuing on with our our top ten sort of idea that we had a fun time with our friend Philomena last week. We covered um, on the last pod our our favorites uh, uh, symphonies, but today. Um, we're going to be talking about our our top ten. Jacob, your top ten um, non-orchestral, um, maybe like small bite pieces. Yeah, exactly. the The goal for me was to come up with, we might call these miniatures, or I tried to keep the majority of these pieces under five minutes long. I didn't succeed in every instance, mm. but they're all they're all short. And I think this is a this is a great list to do because these pieces obviously require a lot less time commitment mm. for our listeners. And, um, you know, the, some of the symphonies we mentioned last week were an hour and a half long. And so that's that's a real uh, large amount of work for those our listeners who, who don't have a mm. spare hour and a half every day. Yeah. But, but I think the great thing about these miniature pieces is, one, we're going to look at some repertoire that's not orchestral. We're kind of an orchestrally-centric podcast, mm-hmm. but we should branch out a little bit. And two, these are, I think, all... I've chosen all of these pieces because they're really good opportunities to practice listening skills in short bursts. Mm. They only require... A three-minute time commitment, right? Or yeah. maybe you listen to them twice or three times. You can do, you can listen to these pieces two or three times in ten minutes, mm. and you just set aside ten minutes a day and and listen. And the thing about the other thing about these minis is that I think here's the thing: they're in kind of the same type of time frame as a lot of pop songs that we listen to. But I think. If you're listening to something as kind of background music, a lot of these miniatures I think people will listen to and think they're pretty and they're pleasant and they would serve as good background music. Mm. But the interesting thing is they're only three, four minutes long. If you listen to pop music in, in the background while you're working or something, you have a full playlist, you have to listen to a bunch of different songs, and occasionally you might tune in to one or two that you particularly like, and that amount of attention for three or four minutes is something that we all know we can mm. we can we can do we can focus our attention for two or three or four minutes and so what I want us to do is to listen to these pieces not as background music mm. they're perfectly good background music and if you want to we're gonna make a playlist we have a playlist of all of these that's in the link um, or in the description of this episode and you can click that and and 
all of these pieces will be up there on YouTube, but I want to encourage our listeners to use these as opportunities to practice the listening skills that we encourage on this podcast. I know that doesn't necessarily sound fun, but I promise it is. And <laughs> we've chosen pieces that will be fun to listen to, and it only takes three, four minutes, as we mentioned. Love it. I'm excited. So let's, uh, let's dive right in. I'm actually thinking that I, I compiled this list, and I have to tell you, this was a much harder list for me to compile than the symphonies. Part of that is probably because I have a lot of experience with symphonies mm. um, in my daily life more than any other subgenre of classical music. But also, there are an enormous number of classical music miniatures. Mm. And so, and I think enormous number of pretty well known ones. And so, people will probably have, there are significant holes in this list. Okay. I think we covered a lot of the best symphonies last week, and we're going to leave off a huge number of really good miniatures. Yeah. When you asked me to send you some of my own favorites of these miniatures, I I just sent you one, basically. Yep. Because I couldn't, from the off the top of my head, come up with anything else. And then after I sent you mine, I looked through like my, my Spotify playlist. Yeah. And couldn't find because of my level of background to classical music I am exposed to more of like the orchestral world so it was fairly simple for me to pull my top five symphonies on our last episode for this one it was a struggle because I am am new to it so for listeners that are also like ooh I don't know what five minute or less um, miniature pieces would be don't feel intimidated by it we've got Jacob here to guide us along the way and I'm looking forward to it but I'd also, you know what I'd also say is probably without even thinking about it, you've actually probably heard a lot of classical miniatures, yeah. some of which I've left off this list. And I'm thinking when we get into the list, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, I know that one. It's possible. Yeah. Although I intentionally avoided some of the, you've probably heard Fur Elise before. Sure, yeah. That's a classic miniature. Mm. You've probably heard Rondo a la Turca by Mozart, if you, even if you don't know it by its name, but it goes... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you've probably heard Bach Well-Tempered Clavier, the sure. first prelude. If people, people might not know that one off the top of their head, but they'll recognize it. I've heard it. Yeah. I've heard of it. There's, there's a million that, um, not a million, but mm. many, many that probably all of us would recognize. But here's some other suggestions. Yeah. And, Ones that I've chosen for a specific reason. I guess real quickly to you, like what is the difference between a miniature and maybe like a piece that happens to be, because I sent you like um, a string quartet yeah. and I realized, oh, a string quartet wouldn't be a part of this list because there are, there were like four movements exactly. in the quartet that I sent you. And I mostly, with a couple exceptions on this list, I mostly tried to stay away from even individual movements of pieces Mm. because that I don't really think of as a miniature. Sure. I departed from it on a couple um, but for the most part I think miniatures are their own unique kind of standalone quick Mm. thing that you might hear as like an encore to something. Sure. So and we'll maybe do another episode at some point on quartets or um, some of them are short some of them are long. Let's do. I love them. There we go. Yeah. Yeah we really need to do that. So but now let's dive into my list and uh, so the first one we're going to go in chronological order and the first one I chose the only one actually that's not 
a piano miniature is this first one. It's the prelude to the third suite, the third cello suite by Bach. You may have heard this one before. For each of these, we'll just listen to a little bit of a little bit of the beginning. Um, they're quick though, so you can go and listen to them on your own. And then we'll talk a little bit about what what might be good to listen to in these pieces. Before we listen, I just want to briefly mention that all of the names of the pieces that we hear on this specific podcast are included in the description in case you want to search them yourself and give them a listen. And as we mentioned, we've also included a link to a YouTube playlist that has all of the pieces there as well. So that had you ever heard that one before? Um, I don't think I've heard that one before, but everyone knows the Bach um, cello suites. Yeah. Yo-Yo so Ma. So it sounds a lot like yeah. that. Yeah, it's what Yo-Yo is playing. He's all making the world. them very famous yes, right he is. now. Yes, yeah. This one and I think a lot of Bach kind of solo works in general are really interesting to listen to. All of these, it goes without saying, all of these I think are beautiful pieces. They're charming, um, but. This one, I think you can really hear, uh, I think good performances of Bach, you can really hear a string of ideas. So could you kind of hear, it almost feels like speech in a way. You hear a sentence, and then it comes to a little pause, and then there's another idea, and a pause, and another. And I think it's an excellent, this one is an excellent opportunity to use our hearing ideas technique from our second episode. Mm -hmm. And to just listen to this piece as kind of a series of unfolding ideas, you don't have to worry about anything like harmony or um, texture because there's only one instrument. Sure. So you can really just listen to the melody and listen to it as a string of ideas. I think that's that's what I would encourage in this first one. Nice. It's a, it's a fun piece. The next one I'm actually going to skip because, and we should mention this, I guess, now, we're going to, in the future, we've, we've come up with a new idea. We want to start doing some mini episodes that we'll release on off weeks where we don't put out our big episodes. And these mini episodes, um, they were your idea, in fact, Hannah, so credit where credit is due. I think it's an excellent idea. I am a podcast, an avid podcast listener, so I have stolen this idea from my favorite podcast, which is about true crime, my favorite murder. They mm. do a Monday mini-sode. Okay, so yeah. we're going we're gonna to try to do the same thing. But the idea is I, I want to continue to return to the fundamentals of this podcast, which is the four episodes, the four fundamental techniques that we talk about at the beginning. Because really all of the stuff that we do after that, all of the content that we put out, I think is in some way related to that. And that's our kind of philosophy mm. on listening as we get into all these other things. And so these mini-sodes, we're going to highlight one of the techniques or we're going to go back in some way to the techniques and do little exercises, do little listening practices to keep bolstering those those techniques and to keep reminding our listeners that that's that's kind of the most important thing to continually be doing. Mm -hmm. So we're going to skip the next one because 
you'll hear that on our mini episode next week. Yeah, so nice plug. I won't even mention what it is. Okay, but keep a lookout for the mini. Keep a lookout. The next one that we're going to hear here is, is by Beethoven, so if you can figure out what could slot in between Bach and Beethoven, then you might have a clue as to... You already told me what it is, but I won't yeah, say Yeah, don't reveal it. Yeah. So our next one on this episode... But I think I will say, I will give it to myself, that had you had said that to me and not told me what that piece is, I might have been able to guess it. Oh, I think I would have been able to guess it. Possible. Yeah. Possible. Okay. Patting myself on the back so for we'll, something there that you I go. already know. Maybe some of our listeners will, yeah. will guess it as well before we even put it out. So the next one is a piece by Beethoven. Beethoven wrote a lot of miniatures, and it was hard for me to decide, but I actually pulled... This piece, this is one of the instances where I used a movement from a sonata, but it's a really short movement, and I think it's a nice kind of semi-standalone movement. And I just love this piece. Let's listen to the beginning and then talk about it for a couple seconds. So just the beginning of that one. Wow. You like that one? The pacing in that is so fun to listen yeah. to. Yeah. I think, and that's that's what I would encourage people to listen to in this one is, if we're talking about our techniques again, this one I'd focus maybe on our, our grouping technique, which is, is the kind of medium scale mm. or medium scope technique, and really listen to the very different characters. Yeah, it speeds up and then it gets slow and I love like there was a, a moment where there was like a high note and then it went down to a very low de- note. Like yeah. It's, yeah. And I'd, I'd encourage, this This is a good illustration of it's the, the baseline for this short movement is that very pretty flowing opening mm. but then there are all these outbursts, all these uh, interesting moments in this short three, three and a half minute movement. So, I'd listen for that in, in this one especially, that kind of listening on a 10, 15 second type basis and these stark changes of character. So the next one we've got is uh, a true miniature. This is an impromptu by Schubert and another one that some people may have heard before. Um, let's listen to this and then again we'll we'll talk about it.
right. So so that one, this is a really beautiful piece. Mm. Could you hear how there's this there's this moving thing going on yeah. underneath the melody yeah. the whole time, but you can really clearly hear the melody. It's a very slow melody. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's dazzling underneath. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Now, the thing that I want us to listen for, especially in this piece, is we talked about it on a previous episode, the idea of harmony. And if you remember what harmony is, it's those modifying voices or something that change the color of the melody. Mm. It's kind of the adjective. If the melody is the noun, the harmony is the adjective. And so if you listen, I'm just going to, the very, very beginning of this piece, we hear this this melody where actually the, the notes of the melody are... It's, it's a really boring melody, right? But the harmony underneath, what makes it interesting is we hear... That same note gets a very different color, yeah. right? It goes from kind of optimistic to sunken or pessimistic. And that's what I'd encourage people to listen to in this... It's slow enough... And you get enough of those filler notes that are showing you what the harmony is that you can really just listen to those changes mm-hmm. and those kind of adjective changes. And you'll feel it. It's You could maybe even use adjectives to describe the different harmonies as they go by. But I like this one because it's slow enough. Mm-hmm. And it's such a simple melody, but what really makes it beautiful are those changes. Sure. So that's what I encourage listening to in this one. Next one is one of my personal favorites. This is, uh, it was very hard to choose one from the composer Schumann, who's one mm-hmm. of my all-time favorite composers. But this is a piece called Vidmung by Schumann. It's a piano transcription. It's originally written for voice. It's a love song for his wife, Clara Schumann. Um, and listen, it, listen to this one. It's, in some ways, it sounds very similar to the Schubert, but there's a couple interesting differences. Okay. What did you think of that one? I really liked it. It, um, in a good way, is not as smooth as um, what we were just listening yeah, to. Yeah, It's more like waves on yeah. the ocean. Do you know what I mean? For sure. I think a little bit of that also is this particular performance. Mm. I And that's this is a great illustration of maybe our listeners can go and listen to several different performances of this and see how... This performer chose to play it very turbulently in a way, mm. and it's kind of more passionate and romantic that way. You could also play it in a very simple style, and it could be much more meditative. And so if you search different recordings, I think some of that is the performance. Okay. Some of that is the piece itself. Okay. And I think you caught the other interesting thing 
again, you kind of hear this, mm. like the sh- there's a texture underneath of movement. Sure. The difference here is that actually the melody here, I, I would encourage us, uh, the listeners, to, in this one, in contrast to the Schubert, to really listen to the melody. Because mm. the melody, we talked about it in our melody episode. We, we talked about what makes a good melody, leaps, mm-hmm. motion, uh, strong beats, weak beats, all this stuff. If you, if you forget any of that, it's, it would be good to go back and listen to the melody episode. Mm-hmm. But listen, so the melody of this piece, it starts... It's a kind of simple opening, mm-hmm. but then almost immediately we get this big leap... And then very smartly, this is good writing, when you leap, you come down slowly. So you go. And then throughout this entire piece, I think it's a very evocative melody. And I would encourage our listeners, it's, it's kind of the easiest kind of listening to just listen to the melody. But try listening just to the melody, that top voice, and listen to how evocative it is mm. in in. in relation to the Schubert, which is a pretty still, that's more about the harmony. So that's Widmung Schumann. Before we go on to our next one, let's, let's just take a very quick break. We want to take a brief moment to thank our sponsor, Encoda, that's spelled N-K-O-D-A. Yeah, Encoda is this great web service app that you can get on your tablet, your computer, and it allows you to, it's a subscription service where you can get a bunch of pretty much any online score, critical editions of tons of important pieces at the click of a button. They're all scanned. They're all there for you to see. It's a great app that I use all the time to, to check you know, different editions, sometimes even perform off of if you're performing off of a tablet. And so for musicians and just people who can read music in general and want to follow along with the recording, I think it's an excellent resource. All right, back to the show. All right, so this next one is uh, one of the most near and dear pieces to my heart. It's uh, It's just a beautiful piece, and I'll play you a little bit of this. This is a Brahms intermezzo. In fact, all of the Brahms intermezzi are are phenomenal pieces and Brahms is probably my single favorite composer I wouldn't necessarily say that I would say he is the best composer Mm. but all in all the composer I relate to most the composer I and so these are beautiful pieces and I think this one maybe abandon our techniques for this one and just listen to the pure emotive content of this piece but the the thing that I love about Brahms, the thing that makes Brahms hard for some people to relate to, is it's really not like the music of Tchaikovsky or Rachmaninoff or someone who emotes everything on the page. Mm. It's very reserved. It's very distant. But there's no less depth of emotion. And so I think what... I relate to that. I'm not a particularly emotive person myself, but also just like, I, mm. I, you know, you don't think so? I think I'm a decently, I'm pretty even keeled, right? Sure. And like, I'm not, I'm not one to really wear my emotions on myself. Maybe you disagree. No. Yeah. Yeah. Stoic. Yeah. A little stoic. Fairly stoic. Yeah. Though, it's, though I do know you 
on a like a on a level where we can be emotional, like have yeah. an emotional conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think even stoic people have yes. emotions. Yeah. And so I think Brahms is an excellent example of that, but you have to kind That's of great, actually. see through it. Yeah. So here's here's the uh, Brahms intermezzo A major. Very short clip, but if there's one that I'd encourage everyone to go listen to, it's it's that one. It's just a it's just a really beautiful piece. So now we're gonna skip well ahead and move into 20th century. Very different sounding movement music. It's not a different movement. It's different music. Um, and this next piece is by French composer Ravel. It's called. I, I'm going to pronounce the French poorly, but Jeu d'eau or something like that, mm-hmm. play of the water. And for this one, I actually, I think this is an excellent opportunity to practice our, what we talked about as kind of our mapping technique, specifically because there's a visualization kind of that's already provided mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. But to listen to, there's a huge number of musical depictions of water that exist out there. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the classical music world. And I think it's interesting to listen and try to visualize kind of water playing, but also listen to how Ravel specifically does this because French composers had their own very unique harmony, very unique approach to rhythm, all these things. And so I'll play a little bit of this, but as you listen to the whole thing, I think it's good to, to try that visualizing technique. So what did wow. what did you think? What when you were did it sound like what you were imagining of, of water? I don't know playing? what I was imagining, but that was ama- like that was so cool. It, you like it, it sounded like like water droplets. Basically. Yeah, right. It sounded like it was sort of like happily raining, like a good, like pure rain. Not like a gloomy rain, but like ah. oh it's raining. And, yeah. But then it it does like it in the way that it was trilling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then that sort of like stopped after yeah. uh, like a after a while, and then it felt like, you know, when you're driving in your car and it's raining, and then like the water droplets are like chasing each other on like the side of the windows. Uh, it sound like that. That's good. See, very. <laughs> that's a vivid visualization. Mm. That's what we encourage here. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. So yeah, and I think this one is a good. And it's always good to keep in mind. This is attention to detail. We want people to focus when they're listening. And think about how many... It's not that you have to compose one yourself, but think about how many different approaches one could take to depicting water. Sure. And 
what was Ravel's choice, and as a result, why does it make you feel like two droplets chasing one another mm. versus someone could have depicted a waterfall, someone could have depicted waves, yeah. you know. Um, so, excellent. So our next one is, again, from, from the 20th century, and this one is a piece by a Russian composer, famous Russian composer named Rachmaninoff, known for very emotive works. He was a big piano composer. He also wrote a lot of piano miniatures, and I pulled something from one of his piano concertos, so I'm kind of cheating, but this is a very fam famous variation from this piece, Rhapsody on a Theme by Paganini. Do you remember we did this yeah. piece here at the Beautiful. ISF? Yeah. yeah, and this is the famous 18th variation, and I think it's an excellent miniature on its own. So here's a little bit of that. Also very pretty, it's right? It's so nice. Yeah. yeah. This one, I think, actually, as we're listening to it right now, I would encourage our listeners to listen to this one back-to-back -back with the Brahms. Okay. Because I think it's similar in many ways to the Brahms, the one that we just listened to on, on this podcast. Yeah. There's actually, if you want to break it down technically, there's a clarity of ideas. Okay. Yep. Let me hear it again. Then we hear something new. But it comes together to make this this beautiful pastiche. And, and it's a very, when we first hear it, just the piano alone, it's a very inward type of expression, like mm. the Brahms. Mm. But I, I want our listeners to listen just from an emotional perspective in addition to trying to hear these ideas. And just listen to what the difference is. I think there's a there's a distinct difference in there's different types of inner emotion. Sure. This is the beauty of music is that, you know, in words you might just describe these two things as inward sentimentality, emotion. But the music is very different. And so listen to you don't have to be able to describe it in words, but listen to the difference in feeling in the Brahms and in the Rachmaninoff. Change gears totally. I'm I'm really cheating here because I took another movement from a a bigger piece, but this is again kind of a miniature. This is by another Russian composer named Prokofiev, and I chose this one. I imagine almost all of our listeners will have never heard this before, but I just remember this movement of this piece made a big impression on me. It's very intense and fast, but it also is jazzy. It's very exciting. So this is the last movement of Prokofiev's seventh piano sonata. So here's here's a little bit of that.
So again, we'll, everyone has to listen to the whole thing. That, that's mm. only three minutes long. But it's doesn't it feel a little jazzy and kind of almost like honky tonk. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Really fun. It's a it, that's just a fun piece to listen to, and and that one I would encourage. We had did an episode on rhythm. Mm. That one is just fun to feel the rhythm. There's yeah. accents in spots that you don't imagine. If you're trying to figure out where the beat is, it's often challenging. Sure. But it also has this kind of drive perpetual motion a lot of these miniatures are very still that we've played and kind of contemplative and the rhythm feels like it's not even really mm. there it just felt this one is drive all the way to the sure. end so we've come to my last one this might be my personal favorite um <laughs> it's very out of left field but okay. it's this is by the um the kind of contemporary composer. This is from the 1960s, Georgi Ligeti. Um, and Ligeti is actually a phenomenal composer, but mm. he wrote some really, really out there music. But he also, his music spans a huge variety of style. And so some of his stuff is what I think a lot of people would consider uber, uber, uber contemporary or whatever. But this is a piece, it's actually for harpsichord, not for... Uh, piano but I'm just going to play you a little bit of it and then I'm not even going to tell you about it and then we'll have your reaction It's a short clip, but what do you think of that? I When we were listening to it earlier, I asked Jacob if it was one player, because it's sort of hard. Yeah. I couldn't tell. I, I was. It like, sounds like yeah. multiple players. Doesn't it? Yeah. And the cool thing about this piece, so it's called Continuum, and you're kind of, it's it uses a technique that a lot of minimalist composers use now of kind of phasing, where... You know, it's going, you feel a beat, then another note comes in and it kind of disturbs it and it feels like the rhythm's different, the pacing is different, all this stuff. Then another note comes in, but it's like, it's it's just this, it's this continue, it's called continuum. It like keeps going, but these new elements are introduced and you can always hear them and they disrupt the pattern. And I just think it's a very cool piece to listen to. And it's not really like, it's not really like any other ligety that I know. It's mm. just this random three-minute harpsichord piece. But it's, it's so funky. I love that. Yeah, and you, you got to listen to the end because at the end we get this. It it goes really really high and it sounds like it's like a, a pitch that you almost don't really want to listen to. It's like a shrill telephone, <laughs> and it's like it, it's it's a interesting interesting piece. Nice. All right, and so. We've got one more, and Hannah, this one is is yours. Yeah, I submitted this one. And I have to admit, I never heard of this before. Are you kidding? Yeah. Wow. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I assume that you probably knew it backwards and forwards when I sent it in. Really? So that's just like 
for, I think for listeners, you just assume like people that are like really well into the genre yeah. and, and like even on a super high professional level, like a conductor like yeah. yourself, that those people know everything under the sun. But there's so many pieces to know and to explore. For sure. Um, I'm not holding like over that I knew this piece. No, 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 of no, course, no, no. But, please. Uh, it's, it's a good it's, message. It's a really nice. I just love this piece so much. Um, it's been used on a lot of like um, modern movies. If it's in that Amy Adams movie Arrival, um, never heard of that. Yeah, nice. When I was in a play in college, and we would do a lot of like um, motiv- motivational type of uh, rehearsal work. Yeah, it was like set to to music, and we would do a lot of like movement that was um, towards that uh-huh. that piece. So this was one of those pieces that we would do a lot of like exercise um, uh, towards, and it was just something that really affected me when we were um, preparing for the play. Um, so don't keep us in suspense. What is it? What was the oh? What was the piece? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, Max Richter's "On the Nature of Daylight." Should we listen to a little bit of it? Yes, beautiful. All right, here it is. Good yeah, stuff. I mean, really I was noticing it has 15 million views on YouTube, and I, I had never heard of it. Yeah. So I guess it's popular. Do you know NPR's Tiny Desk? Yes. They just did this piece with Max ah. um, oh, nice. on NPR's Tiny Desk. Very cool. And he explains the piece, so everyone should check that out. Yeah, I would love to know what On the Nature of Daylight means. Oh, so he wrote it in 2002, I think, um, or 2003, like, right around the Iraq War. So Uh I think it's sort of about, like, the invasion of foreign lands and war um, in the modern age. Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. I didn't know that until Tiny Desk, but, yeah. Well, everyone can go go check that out. Well, so that's... That's our list of, of 10 minis. Um, as I mentioned, lots that we left off. Lots of famous stuff that we left off. Lots of not famous stuff that we left off. We're always curious to hear from our listeners what theirs are. So hit us up on all yeah. of the, the normal channels. Continue to subscribe, like, rate, leave a review. Um, and we'll throw, as we mentioned in the beginning, we'll throw a, a link in the description to a YouTube play, play, playlist of all of these things so you can you can listen on your own time and keep an eye out uh, next week. Yes, for, look out for the mini-sode. Yeah, so we'll be, we'll be coming back to you shortly. All right, take care. Thanks so much for listening. For more information about this podcast, you can find us at attentiontodetailpod.com, where you'll find a list of techniques presented in these episodes and a two-week program for starting your own listening practice. You can also find us on all of your favorite social media channels. We encourage you to follow us, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you enjoy the show, please give us a rating. We hope to see you soon at a concert.